business. The blog and podcast for game changers and innovators in the construction industry. Hello and welcome to episode 86 of the AEC Business Podcast. I'm Arnie Heiskanen and my guest is David Heine, the CEO and co-founder of SimScale. We're going to talk about cloud-based simulation. David, it's great to have you on the podcast. It's great to be here. Thanks for hosting, Arnie. For starters, uh, can you tell us a little bit about company, how it came about and where you are today? Sure. Um, so SimScale is, uh, we're based in Munich, uh, Germany, headquartered here. Meanwhile, we also um, have a, a second location in Boston. And we've been around for a couple of years now, five or six years. Um, and originally what SimScale was about was um, actually it was a, um, a consulting business. It was where five founders, all of us uh, mechanical engineers, software engineers. And we've provided um, simulation services primarily for German uh, SMEs and, and enterprises and with a heavy focus or a heavy tilt towards CFD uh, flow simulation. And back then we already started leveraging in-house, um, so for our own services, essentially uh, cloud computing resources. So we've been um, very early on the Amazon cloud, AWS, ran flow simulations over there. And we've essentially sort of built a little in-house stack, if you will, to run um, simulations in the cloud. And that was, I guess, sort of the, the founding moment or the founding idea. And um, over time, sort of this stack evolved into what is SimScale today. Um, and the idea is to provide an end-to-end simulation solution completely in a web browser so that all of the typical hassles with uh, rolling out local hardware, um, rolling out local job scheduling, middleware, and, you know, CVD software, yada, 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 that all of this is sort of abstracted from the user and it's just a web application. Uh, nowadays, we're probably being used in every country um, on earth. Um, we're uh, you know, having hundreds of thousands of users um, and do and I guess the, the reason why we're, we are talking today, Arnie, is that um, surprisingly, because I'm, I have a mechanical engineering background, so I come from the mechanical space, but as SimScale grew and as we added capability, the architectural world, the built environment was really one vertical that picked up SimScale very fast. So it was not like that we had the strategic sort of vision that uh, this would be great for the AEC space. It was rather something we've seen that more and more architects, civil engineers leveraged uh, SimScale and sort of we understood, aha, better the challenges and sort of how um, how it's being used in that industry. And sort of this is, I guess, why AEC is such a big um, a big topic at SimScale uh, these days. Uh, so what, what types of simulations do you provide, especially for the AEC businesses? So SimScale per se is a general purpose simulation environment. So we've got customers, you know, in the pump industry, in the valve industry, you know, general machinery, et cetera. But for the AEC sector, primarily of interest is um, the low temperature, low velocity flow capabilities we provide. And I, I really talk like low temperature, low, low velocity flows because it's really, it starts from external um, analysis of wind loads and pedestrian wind comfort to uh, natural ventilation. So where it's external and internal over to just internal HVAC systems um, analysis with respect to thermal comfort. Um, then over to, you know, clean room design, contaminant control, uh, pollution, dispersion, these sorts of things. So really CFD um, inside and outside the building, I suppose. If you think about the design process and, uh, and, and simulation where you would like to use it, when in the design process does simulation with your tools especially make sense? With the danger of talking too much, <laughs> <laughs> I guess... 
how CFD, I guess, found its way into the architecture um, environment or into the into the build building design process was at the at the later stage, right? Um, the because both the wind tunnel as well as um, a CFD simulation is something, you know, that's it's not like the normal tool stack of every architect, that, you know, like, and oftentimes also for some projects, it's just also isn't required, right? Or it doesn't make sense. It's oftentimes in high risk, high value projects where um, where it makes sense to use it. And, and so historically how it found its way into it was really at the later stage, right? So a very mature design, a very mature, um, um, yeah, project that then sort of on a final validation stage, sort of, okay, let's de-risk that and make sure that it actually works and either for, you know, a code compliance or just to, to, just to make sure to inform the design process. And, and there's fundamentally at the back end, yes, SimScale has introduced some, some novel methods, um, some novel solvers as well, but the, the, the core solver we're using is a finite volume solver, such as other, um, uh, uh, other CFD softwares out there in the market is as well. The novel piece is um, here is the delivery mechanism, right? So the where SimScale can be used and is used today um, at the later stages isn't any different, right? So there's um, civil engineers using it for code compliance for um, late stage design validation. Um, so this is not new. So this is where, where SimScale is used such as other uh, simulation tools. I think the novel piece is that because SimScale takes away this um, necessity to host a lot of in-house um, HPC hardware to go, um, you know, to deal with huge upfront costs um, that the Saudi software tools bring with it, it makes it economically feasible for the first time to also use in earlier stages of, of the design process, right? So say, um, just to use a, um, a customer example, um, a project, an urban development project, you know, six to seven office buildings with a little bit of a campus. Um, and now it's possible for the um, for the architect sort of making really sort of schematic design, right, concept design of this, sort of a quick iteration of looking at how will the wind, uh, how will the pedestrian wind comfort look at this stage, right? And you're not interested in the, in the final validation of this, right? So it's really an early stage uh, conceptual CFD analysis where you're sort of just informing the design process in early stages. So this is also possible um, with SimScale because um, its solvers allow that, you know, very in a very simple and, and fast way, but also because of the economics, right? You don't need the hardware because it comes with it. You don't need um, the upfront software costs. Um, so I guess that's the novel piece, but at, at its core, right, it's, it's still a CFD solver um, that um, that is not too much different to um, to other commercial solutions out there. Hmm. Uh, but as, as an example, could you walk us through a scenario where a design team wants to use SimScale for for a high-rise building uh, wind analysis? Sure. Um, so to pick up on the, I mean, that was not a high-rise structure. I think this was sort of a 20 or 30 story building, but also there, right, depending on the city um, you're developing such a project in, um, legislation around pedestrian um, wind comfort, you know, picks up as well. Um, so there's some cities where north of 30 stories right, where this is now required. And so for an early stage, so a, a typical scenario here would be a um, the, the architectural um, office that is designing the conceptual sort of the master plan, how the um, sort of the facades, the envelopes, how to place the buildings, orientation, um, et cetera. They would develop that typically, let's, let's make it very concrete, you know, in Rhino or in um, sometimes already in Revit, 
Um, and so they're designing it there. And then from Rhino, from Revit, also SketchUp, we see a lot, right? Um, hmm. You would bring out, you, you sort of discuss because of um, aesthetics or other requirements, hey, this would be, you know, a nice urban plan or a nice master plan. How will the wind through this actually look like? Right? And for a final validation, you would look at all wind directions, right? You would um, look at the, the windrows at that specific location and you would run all of them and, and do a statistical analysis. But for such an early stage simulation, you might just look at one or two wind directions, right? And see, okay, how does that design compare to this, right? And so at a very early stage where changes are cheap and fast, right? You can inform the design process with that. Um, it's the same with, and, and there it's not any different to, um, um, another customer that I'm thinking about that where they do run early stage CFD analysis for um, really sort of the envelope or facade development of a high rise structure, right? Looking at really without now going into details, really looking at like really big elements um, as sort of, okay, what about if we shape it like that? Or what about if we shape it like this? And how does it impact? So this at this stage it's not a it's not at all um a replacement for a later um you know high fidelity um yeah analysis or wind tunnel test um but it's rather at, at the early stages to inform the design process um, with insights that you would typically get much later um, in, in such a design process okay so i was recently uh, at a conference about uh, high-rise buildings and there was a Finnish architect, they are designing a new high-rise area in Helsinki. And, they, and he mentioned that, he, uh, that they had to take these uh, scale models and, and travel to, to the USA to do the wind tunnel test for some reason or another. And he said that, he, that the computer analysis is not enough. I don't know, is it still like that? <laughs> I guess the short answer is yes, it's still like that. <laughs> as a as a you know as a person making its living because we don't operate wind tunnels, right? As a person making its living from uh, selling simulation software, I'm probably biased. But uh, again, as an engineer, the um, there's a reason why wind tunnels are around, right? And not just in the in the um, in the architectural design process, but also in others. Um, and also, by the way, we have customers operating wind tunnels, right? That run wind tunnels and do um, do CFD. So I think m there might be a point in the future, right, where it's a replacement, but um, it's it's not right now. I think it goes hand in hand, and it's the same with um, um, in other industries, right? Where sometimes, I mean, even in I don't know a, a valve, a cheap valve, sometimes it's even cheaper to just test it, right? For sure, in the architectural space, if you really need an, a wind tunnel and and you know you need all the model building and run this wind tunnel, all the measurement, etc., it's it's uh, most of the time not cheaper in the architecture uh, design process, but in others, um, a quick test might be at times cheaper. Getting back to the to the actual <laughs> question, um, the there's there's pros and cons with both methods, right? Um, and the pro on the on the CFD side of things is that you can just do it very early, right? What you don't mm. want to do, like we discussed before, with with um, with cloud-based solutions such as SimScanner these days, you can really you can take a SketchUp model, put it into a virtual uh, uh, wind tunnel, and have a result within two hours, right? You just don't do that with a wind tunnel um, because you don't want to like take the burden of all of this costs and time investment mm. with a non-mature design. Um, but then there is there is um, challenges with the CFD as well. As you go into a really high fidelity analysis of a um, 
of a high-rise structure, you know, in, in a, with a surrounding urban area, um, you need transient, so unsteady um, pressure maps on this building. You need really high fidelity, highly accurate um, environment and uh, results. And the and this is a challenge for CFD. You can um, there's methods these days, right, where um, you can capture also these unsteady effects and get very accurate results with CFD. But it's still, you know, it's 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 a high risk um, situation. You want to get this right, right? And so the investment of, an, um, of a wind tunnel test where you do have other advantages at this point um, might make sense depending on the project, depending on the stage, right? So we here are not proponents of the idea of that, um, that it will replace it. And again, now looking just at the, at the building design process, right? I think we're, um, it's not going to be fully replaced um, um, anytime soon. That's that's our view. Mm -hmm. um, it it might be replaced in specific situations. It might be replaced in you know in specific companies that do specific projects. But generally, um, there's a reason why wind tunnels um, are around. Yeah, but what you said already that this allows us to do analysis early on in the process and and when it's cheaper <laughs> to make changes <laughs> correct absolutely yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. but uh, if i'm an architect or engineer and i want to use sim uh, scale what what kind of technical requirements are there for what what kind of file formats and so on do, do i need to have so generally i'd say that we i am i'm not aware of a of a design tool um you know, a wider used design tool that is not that where we don't have a path from that design tool into SimScale. Um, so our customers are using Revit, AutoCAD, SketchUp, um, um, Rhino, and the likes, you know, ARCHICAD, uh, et cetera, et cetera. Mm. Um, and you, we have different, you know, we accept ACES, we accept um, sometimes native formats. Um, so from Rhino, you can go in natively, um, et cetera. So we have a import path for all of these systems. You would bring in your CAD model into SimScale. And then the product philosophy of SimScale is really that you bring your design and you leave with a design insight or a design decision, right? So from, from the design down to um, the wind around your building, you know, an assessment of the pedestrian wind comfort, an assessment of the thermal comfort inside your building, an assessment of how the contaminant or the pollutant spreads inside um, uh, the area of interest from the CAD down to this inside is done inside SimScale, right? So you would bring it in, um, and there's a lot of tutorials and a lot of sort of videos where we showcase that. You bring it in, you would specify the physics. Um, here, you know, here's, I don't know, here's the wind coming in, here's it going out, um, this is my area of interest. And then from there on out, everything happens inside SimScale and specifically the piece where the heavy lifting is being done, right? Let's let's use pedestrian wind comfort analysis for, for an example, where you're really at times with customers looking at models of, you know, three kilometers or you know two to three kilometers um diameter around the the area of interest so we're looking at a huge area sort of a huge computational domain while in the at the building right we want to capture the accuracy right we want to capture the details of the building that influence the flow trees um doors at times really doors right um and there you need to resolve it down to you know 10 centimeters 20 centimeters and so these are huge computational models and this heavy lifting, this computation is then being done on the cloud. Um, so on machines that you would need to put a lot of money down to put into your basement and it would be hardware that ages fast and uh, this, this runs then in the cloud and you're just presented with, hey, this is how the wind looks like around your, your building. But, but how, how do you uh, present the results of, of the analysis? What are the outputs? 
So you can at any point in time on SimScale download whatever you do and you know bring it into third-party software when you prefer some specific vis visualization solution. Uh, but the default mechanism would really be, let's again use a pedestrian wind comfort analysis as an example. Um, you would get the velocity information and pressure information in the entire computational domain, so around everything, right, in 3D. And now you can essentially slice and dice this result, right? So what a typical um, a typical plot would be is at 1.6 or 1.8 meters height, how like a color plot of the velocity, right? And what you want to watch out for is um, accelerated velocities, um, you know, within... Uh, I don't know, two narrow buildings, right? When they are very close to each other, there might be a Venturi effect um, that you know you might have not thought of, um, or yeah, downwash effects, uh, et cetera. So you can really visualize them and then sort of color them. But I guess here the podcast is a <laughs> is a tough medium to, to yeah, convey I that. Understand. I, yeah, uh, because if you go on simscale.com, right, there is um, you like. If you want it or not, you're going to be presented with ten colorful pictures uh, in, in in second in the first five seconds. So I guess it's it's best to take a look there. You're providing the service in the cloud, and how do you see the future of cloud computing in general in 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 this industry? I mean, Arnie, the the my answer might now be biased. I suppose <laughs> <laughs> we I guess we wouldn't put in all of the work if we wouldn't uh, believe that um, that's that'll be the future. But uh, more seriously. The not just in the in the architecture space, but also in the mechanical space. I suppose the fact that we're running now on you know that we're using a cloud-hosted solution for video conferencing, right? That we mm -hmm. um, used I don't know, and I at least used an, a web-based uh, email client uh, to communicate before with you, right? Um, we are mm -hmm. using calendars there. We're using we're using our entire office suite in, in the cloud, etc. So, I guess every or most software verticals that are around from, you know, also B2B uh, enterprise um, verticals such as um, ERP systems, CRM systems, um, everything moved to the cloud. And, and um, we do believe that it's not gonna be any different for uh, in the engineering and architecture space. Um, it's, it's tougher, right? You have heavy 3D models, you have a lot of IP, um, you do have, um, yeah, it's, it's definitely tougher to pull that off. But the benefits are as high or even higher, right? The fact that um, you know people talk about BIM and um, the collaborate, co yeah, the collaboration aspect in, in in the design process, and like having your data in the cloud, right? Making sure that everybody involved in the design process uses the latest version um, is something that um, also the AC space will benefit from, and cloud solutions sort of already bring that with it, right? And it's the same with just making another example. Sometimes we see customers really. Um, sort of collaborating with each other, sort of one uses Revit, another one uses Revit, but they share PDFs, right? And somebody um, sort of draws it again. So I think there's a lot of efficiency gains um, to be reaped when the AEC software stack also moves more towards the cloud. And yeah, of course, in, in, our, in our domain, the additional advantage or benefit besides, you know, everything being collaborative, um, is the fact that you have all of this high performance computing resources available. Well, uh, we didn't talk about the the, the pricing model, but uh, what is it uh, in, in, uh, on SimScale? The, fundamentally, it's 
customized to the um, individual need, right? Um, but I guess the, the common pattern is that we typically charge for um, a subscription fee, which sort of covers um, all licenses of SimSkill always come with uh, full support. So we have a CFD application engineering team um, on staff, one in Boston and one in Munich. Um, that our customers have access to. And so the subscription fee covers the support and you know, unlimited data, persistence and maintenance, um, et cetera. And then um, there's a usage component on top sort of for the, for the CPU cycles or the GPU cycles, depending on which solver you're using, um, you consume, right? And from an, from, an, um, from an architecture view, because again, it's the same model for the mechanical space, right? Or for our customers and other verticals, but from an architecture point of view, it's oftentimes like that, that the usage component is really attributed to a specific project, right? Most of the time they work with billable hours or some, um, anyway, some component where they attribute their hours to a specific project. Mm -hmm. And they do the same with, um, with the SimScale computing resources. They simply put it onto that specific project. All right. So one, one more questions that I had in mind is that we have these tools, uh, whether they are uh, on on site or or in the, in the cloud, but you, there's always a learning curve. <laughs> How is it with SimScale the learning curve? I guess the, I mean the the very biased answer to this would be you know like you're you'll be up and running within, within <laughs> no time, right? That would be the answer. I guess the um, SimScale is fundamentally an engineering tool for professionals, right? So and I mean I guess there is no software out there, you know, let it be design or let it be rendering or let it be um, uh, simulation that you can just pick up and go, right? Um, the, I think the difference is that SimScale has been built sort of the, the big majority of our customers um, is using simulation for the first time, right? So SimScale mm -hmm. has been built to democratize simulation to make, um, to give people access um, to simulation that couldn't economically justify a simulation tool before. So we are very much used to that. And so the software is built into that. So you start SimScale with, you know, a direct onboarding tutorial. I mean, just the fact that you don't need to roll out anything, right? That literally after this podcast, Arnie, you could go to simscale.com, create an account, and you you could just, you know, start using it, right? And then um, there's tutorials. There is a live chat functionality built into it, right? There's a lot of error monitoring because it's cloud-based um, simulation. And there's a lot of error monitoring possible where, we can sort of troubleshoot problems that that um, are being visible much earlier, much faster than a desktop environment would allow. And then also our support team, right, is directly connected with our customers because you can share assimilation projects with a click of a button with our support team. Um, and, and that sounds so trivial because you could also just send an email, right, for a for a desktop system. But these these setups might have, you know, five to 10 gigabytes of data. Some of the result, uh, results we're looking at have terabytes of data, right? Hmm. So um, sharing this with a support isn't as straightforward as you might think it is, right? And so with, with SimScale, it becomes straightforward. So long story short, um, we do believe that the time it takes for, for um, somebody new to simulation to get a reliable result um, is with SimScale much shorter than the industry norm. Um, but again, don't take my word for it, right? I think it's where, like, as they say, right, words are cheap, um, but I guess the with SimScale, you can just test it yourself because we have a, a free plan, a community plan, so everybody can just sign up and, and um, see for, for themselves how easy it is um, and whether or not somebody would feel comfortable um, using this tool and, and derive design decisions from it. Very good. So 
the next step is go to simscale.com, right? <laughs> <laughs> I suppose, yeah. <laughs> David, it was a pleasure talking to you and uh, I, I hope I can use your tool in the future. That sounds great, Arnie. Thanks for having me. Thank you.